So, John, what's the most haunting experience you've ever had? Well, you made me watch The Room last week. That was pretty damn haunting. <laughs> wow. Like five seconds before that comes up. Great, thanks. Well, I'm not letting it go. I'm still <laughs> haunted, genuinely haunted by that movie. So, yeah. Okay, okay, I'm haunted great. by Glenn Close season. <laughs> I'm haunted by Love Actually. I'm haunted by many moments on this mm-hmm. podcast, to be honest. I mean, you you loved Glenn Close season. That was your season. If anything, I should be haunted by that. Yeah, but I'm haunted by all the bitching and moaning you did about it. <laughs> that still haunts me. <laughs> well, fair enough. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are picturing prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to The Others, 2001 horror movie. Ooh. <laughs> it's not Halloween yet, Judd, calm down. We'll also be picturing some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the submissions they've posted on our social media pages. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments, and as John's going to give a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host with the most, locked on his front door. Is this before or after watching this film? I, I, I'd i say, like, after quarantine. Oh, sure. <laughs> Lockdown. Hey, I've got my got Lural to protect. You are hoarding that stuff. And joining me, as always, the man who, like the kids in this movie, will die if his skin even sees a sliver of sunlight. It's John Lucas. I did relate strongly to those kids, I'm not going to lie to you. So, I had a very <laughs> similar childhood. I also feel bad for that insult, but just... I thought of it and like, mm, yeah, there's sure. nothing better. Yeah, live your truth, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, let's all mark the ginger kid. Cool, so yeah, this movie. Yeah, so think? this was a me choice. Um, yes, obviously we're still on our movies about feeling trapped and general like, you know, self-isolation or isolation themes. So obviously this is this would fall under the self-isolation theme since these kids are, for reasons that we will get into, never leaving the house and they are allergic to sunlight. Uh, for... The vast majority of this film, like the first ninety percent of it, maybe, I was like, "This isn't really, this doesn't qualify for our season." Well, why is, why is Trump picked this? This is a bit of a weird one. And then, yeah, it's what happens at the end that kind of brings it all back together. Well, well, even before the reveal, like they're self-isolating from the sun. That was I my suppose the kids process. are, yeah. But anyway, they're like it's it's a bottle film. They're trapped in the house. They don't go outside the house, particularly apart from out of the gardens. So yeah, it just. It made sense to me that this would fall into the theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what did you think? Um, well, initially I really wasn't quite into it, but uh, I mean, well, okay, listeners, spoiler alert, there is a twist at the end of this movie. There is. And, I mean, uh, if you don't want to know that twist, switch off. But I mean, you've had 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when that twist happens, that it, it really steps up the movie. Mm, yeah. And good, all good just finish. retrospectively. Mm-hmm. Before yeah, that, it's a lot of slow and... Little bits of detail here and there, a lot of talking. Um, yes. There's not a lot going on. And also, mm-hmm. it's not massively short. No, it's I not long. It's, it, but it's shy of two hours, but it's, yeah. probably. Yeah. I think it's probably around the hour and 45 mark. I've not looked, but yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, when I first tried watching it, I gave up after 20 minutes. Just because I, I just wasn't in a mood. You do need to be in the mood for this one. It's like a maybe summer's not the best time. It's kind of a chilly night in kind of movie. Mm, you know, yeah. it's definitely not one to watch in the middle of the day or anything. I don't know what time you were watching it, but it's definitely like an, an evening 
curled up on the sofa, get a little bit spooky kind of movie. Right? Yeah, we turned it off and watched Sonic instead and had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Very different twist. Yeah. Well, speaking of the twist, which we'll get to, but million dollar question, did you see it coming? No. I mean, there were some sort of twists that I found extremely predictable, but they didn't really come to anything, but I wasn't incorrect, like Christopher Eccleston already being dead. Oh, you got that straight away, yeah. Oh, yeah, instantly knew. It's just like, mm, I- sure. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure what the situation is here, if he's imaginary or what, but that is a dead man walking right there. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I-, I think I clocked that the uh, the house staff were dead. Yeah, it's pretty obvious up front that they're up to no good, or seemingly up to no good. Yeah, uh, but I did not clock that... Uh, that Nicole Kidman and the kids were dead. Not it's at all. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's like a reverse Sixth Sense almost. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's almost the same as a Sixth Sense. Yeah, because no, it's from the ghost's perspective. Yeah, basically. That's what I like about this. This is a ghost story, mm. but the ghosts are the ones being haunted by the living. Yeah. I think that's a really cool twist on a classic ghost story thing. The ghosts are the ones being haunted. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Cool, I'm glad you enjoyed this. I did, I did think it could go either way, because, you know... This sometimes these kind of films annoy you, but yeah, like I, I, I really wasn't sure about it. Yeah. I wasn't that enthused to watch it, but now I came around to it. I, I, I could see myself watching this again. I think you probably will because it's one that I, I found watching it back. I've, I've seen it a few times over the years. I saw it when it roughly around the time it first came out, and I've watched it again a few times because I really like it. I really like Nicole Kidman generally, but yeah, I think it, watching it back this time it really does reward at least a second viewing when you know what the twist is because then you really mm. pick up on a lot of the little hints it drops you. Like gets out in some ways, in in the sense that yeah, once you know what's going on, there's a whole other layer of it that you could kind of pick up on and enjoy. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. I've I, I've been thinking about some of those things since, just mm-hmm. like oh yeah, the kids had that whole conversation about purgatory, didn't they? I guess that was something. Mm, and all the stuff like mummy went mad, and like mm. they won't say exactly what happened, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a very well constructed little plot, I think. Yeah, I agree. Mills, our father's fighting in a war in France, you know. It's the World War. I know, but he's in France. That's enough chatterboxes. Finish up your breakfasts. Are you going to leave us too? Of course not. Why should I leave you? The others said they wouldn't, but they did. And then it happened. Be quiet. What do you mean, Anne? What happened? Mummy went mad. Nothing happened. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. Be quiet. What's going on? Do you want to do a plot summary then? I will, yes. So, The Others came out in 2001. It stars Nicole Kidman. Uh, a very, a very English, very breathy Nicole Kidman. I she, <laughs> yeah. She, whenever she does English, like whenever she plays an English character, she always sounds a bit like a highly neurotic Mary Poppins kind of thing. <laughs> like in Mary Poppins, you could go on a killing spree at any moment. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of Nicole yeah. Kidman's vibe in this. So yeah. So she's this very high-strung English lady living in Jersey, the island of Jersey, which is uh, an appropriately remote little setting. It's the it's one of the Channel Islands. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman is living in a, or living, question mark, in a very kind of remote country house or mansion kind of thing in Jersey, in or around World War II, maybe just after the end of World mm. War II, I think we're led to believe. So it's like the late 1940s, I'd say. 
yeah, her husband has gone off to war. Husband later played by Chris Eccleston, and has not come back. So she's been left alone with her two children, um, played by some annoying child actors. Yeah, I think I uh, I looked up the IMDb for this for whatever reason. I don't normally do that before watching a film. Mm-hmm. I'm up to it during. I'm not sure, but either way, I saw that Christopher Eccleston was second build on this, yeah. and I was like, "All right, you're like, what's the other one from Doctor Who?" But I've not, I've not really watched any Christopher Eccleston movies before. Like, I I've seen there are many. I've seen Twenty Eight Days Later, sure, but I've not really seen anything else. I'm like, okay, it'd be good to see a Christopher Eccleston movie. He's in this for about five seconds and yeah, he sleeps through waiting. most of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a very misleading. Um credit right there because yeah. he's very much a guest in this film like a ca- almost a cameo mm. but, I mean there's not really a lot of stars in it it's pretty much Nicole Kidman the three I guess the three housekeepers they should be mm-hmm. built they get far more screen time than Eccleston though they should certainly yeah. I, I think if there's a second lead other than the kids it's Fanola Flanagan the, mm. the yeah. older lady she's fantastic in this but we'll get to that so yes Nicole Kidman is living alone in this very big kind of empty house with her two children who it turns out are deadly allergic to sunlight mm-hmm. even an open curtain could kill them essentially well, yeah. so Nicole Kidman believes which I was kind of thinking like so were they little vampires then yeah yeah that could have been the twist mm. <laughs> I like that idea little vampires yeah <laughs> well like let the right one in yeah well, yeah exactly that could work yeah. the doctors were never able to find a cure for what their condition Children have a very serious allergy to light. They are photosensitive and they must never be exposed to any light much stronger than this. Otherwise, in a matter of minutes, they will break out in sores and blisters and and begin to suffocate. It would eventually be fatal. Good heavens. The film kind of opens with Nicole Kidman in bed giving this kind of blood-curdling scream. Mm. And um, then she wakes up and there's a knock at the door. And uh, at the door, there are three mysterious working people who uh, have come looking for work, basically. So there is Fanola Flanagan. Is Eric Morecambe the older guy? And then I don't know who the actress is who plays. But anyway, it's an older lady, an older man, and also a younger girl who is mute. She doesn't mm-hmm. speak. Completely silent. Uh, and they claim that they've just turned up looking for workers, housekeepers, essentially. Like yeah. domestic work. Uh, and she's actually put on advertisement for housekeepers because her previous servants left in the middle of the night and abandoned the house so she's been left completely alone and she's just been in need of some new housekeepers and as luck would have it here they are Mm -hmm. how perfect so she kind of introduces them to the house explains to them that every door has to be locked and the children must never see sunlight she's very very clear on all this Um, i didn't get the locked doors thing what why was why was she doing that I think it's so that she can... She says at one point that the light is like water. It has to be contained. So if she's in a room, she has to make sure the kids can't run into a room that accidentally has curtains open. Right, so okay. everything is just very carefully... Because she, she can use she can have sunlight. She's fine. Yeah. Sometimes she likes to embroider. So I think it's just that the kids always have to be behind a locked door so that they can't accidentally expose themselves. I think that's the rationale for it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Essentially, it's a lot of like shadows. Again, it creates this fantastic ghost movie atmosphere, though, because it's all very shadowy and dark. And mm, yeah. I mean, I wanted to see a floor plan of this house because <laughs> I don't know how many rooms are in this house. I think they say like forty or something, but you never ever get a sense of the space at all. Like, yeah, in the sense that you know what room is connected to what other room. It's just like, oh, here's another spooky looking room that they're in now. I guess. You know, just looking back on our season of being trapped in uh, movies or whatever we call whatever we called this season. I think that room is probably the the most unique of them all, 
not mm. for the reason that you're talking, you're thinking about. Sure. But just uh, it doesn't have a massive grand mansion that I would love to live in. It literally just has one room. That is true. Yeah. Like all, 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 very... all three of the other films, they're all like, "Wow, who, wh- why does somebody live in this massive, massive New York townhouse mm. or this big white plantation mansion thing out in the countryside?" No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. This is unexpectedly turned into the property poor mini season. Yeah. <laughs> so she hires these servants, or she allows them to stay, and then they start looking after the house. And but it quickly transpires that all is not as it seems, because mm-hmm. hmm. it turns out that the advertisement she sent to the local paper never got delivered, so they couldn't possibly be responding to that ad. Yeah. And then so Fenella Flanagan, who's called Mrs. Mills. Mills. I'm going to call her that because Fanana Flanagan's a hard thing to keep saying. I feel myself <laughs> lisping. So, um, yeah, Mrs. Mills then it kind of explains that they just turned up on a, on a whim, or on the off chance that there would be might be some work going, that they didn't actually see the advertisements. And actually, they're not strangers to the house at all. They used to work here. Mm-hmm. So Nicole Kidman is very pleased to hear this. So she allows them to stay because she appreciates that at least they know the house like the back of their hands so they she thinks they'll do a good job of keeping it all ship shape and keeping her children out of the sunlight and all this so the old man becomes the gardener the mute girl i guess becomes the general cleaner and mrs mills becomes kind of the the nanny so she's responsible for looking after the kids yeah but then as soon as she kind of moves in some strange things kind of start to happen around the house the kids start talking about this strange event in the past when mummy went mad and uh, they won't quite reveal what this means. The little mm. g- there's a little girl and a little boy. The little girl is a little bit older. She's called Anne, and she's quite outspoken. And the little boy is kind of more like, "Oh no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen." He's he's very much in denial. Yeah. So they keep bringing that up. Also, there's some strange noises keep happening in the house. The little girl seems to be seeing ghostly figures, maybe, or like a little boy called. She keeps mentioning a little boy called Victor, who she sees mm-hmm. and she talks to. She, she doesn't seem particularly frightened of at all, but uh, obviously, it's very frightening to the little boy. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, and the co-keeper also starts noticing things that she initially blames that on the housekeeping, like doors being left open, curtains being left open, pianos being played in the night, all <laughs> just kind of ghostly, your standard issue ghostly happenings. Yeah, yeah, and uh, she doesn't handle that very well in the slightest, because because uh, she's kind of crazy as well. I guess she's the hero of this movie, but she's also kind of set up as potentially the villain quite early on. Like she's very highly strong, very religious. She's very very religious. She talks a lot about limbo and death. and uh... Yeah, religious people never seem to come out well in films. No, not really. <laughs> in horror films. No, no, certainly not, no. Uh, but she's very much all about telling the children that if they do any bad things, they will go to limbo, which again is another little uh, little Easter egg if you watch it the second time, because it turns out they're already there, potentially. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So initially, uh, Grace Nicole Kidman blames the housekeeping on that, but as the events continue to happen, she realises that it can't be them, because she sees it happening when they're outside or in the same room as her or whatever mm. so eventually she becomes convinced that there is somebody in the house like mm-hmm. someone is intru- some intruder in the house so she starts exploring around the house and, and just it's really in terms of describing the plot essentially it just keeps ramping up from there there's no one big thing it's just events keep just getting spookier and spookier like um, the kids wake up one morning and the curtains are fully open so they start screaming mm-hmm. the curtains are gone the curtains are gone. The cur- yeah, the curtains are like taken down. Mm. Initially, she she kind of punishes her daughter for she thinks the little girl is lying about the, this Victor, but then she becomes convinced the Victor is in is in fact a real person or or some kind of malevolent spirit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but she can't. Only the little girl seems to see Victor, 
But yeah, so she's she's trying to figure out what's going on. The servants are being increasingly mysterious and not really being particularly helpful. And you keep getting little little sides of them saying mysterious things like, She knows. <laughs> it's almost time, Mr. Tuttle. Hide the gravestones. My accent's all over the place. This, but so. <laughs> there's lots of that. That's There's lots of mysterious little one-liners from the, the house, especially the main housekeeper. You definitely yeah. get a sense very early on that she's not revealing all that she knows. At a certain point, Nicole Kidman finds a book of the dead, which is a book of photographs of... Uh, apparently this is a real thing people used to do, which is very dark, but it's basically photos of dead people mm. in, like, Victorian times or whatever. Like, photographed as if they're asleep in, like, full cl- in, in their full clothing. But there are some pages missing from this book, which comes back later. <laughs> so she finds that. Um... In hindsight, all this stuff is extremely obvious. It really is. That's the fun, yeah. that's the great thing about these films. It's the same with the Sixth Sense. When you know, it's like oh, obviously, yeah. But that's how it strings you along. It's mm. good. But yeah, events just keep ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. At a certain point, she tries to leave the house to go and find a priest, and she's on her way out of the, onto the grounds to find the priest. It's the first time we've seen her leave the house in the entire film. Uh, and she gets as far as the gates, and just as she's about to leave, she gets lost in the forest, and then her husband turns up. Yeah. Husband played by Christopher Eccleston, so he's been he was sent off to war, and he they hadn't heard from him since the end of the war. So she was kind of he was missing, presumed dead, essentially. Mm. Um, so but now he's back, and obviously she's hugely relieved, and she forgets all about the ghosts, and she goes into full denial about that. Takes him back to the house. They have this reuni- reunion. The kids are happy to see him, but something's off. Like he seems like he's not really there. He's mm. very like yeah. sad and doesn't say much. He just lies in bed all day, looking ill and. Uh, he doesn't stay very long. Ultimately, mm-hmm. the the ghostly happenings kick off again. There's a scene where Anne, the little girl, is playing with a toy, and Nicole Kidman leaves her alone for a few minutes in a, in a dress. In a is it a baptism dress? Mm-hmm. It's like a or a christening. There's, there's a dress that she yeah she, she's wearing a well, like a nice an old fashioned white dress anyway, and and a veil. She's wearing a veil. It's for some kind of religious ceremony. I can't remember. <laughs> and Nicole Kidman leaves her alone for a few minutes and then comes back. And again, it's like darkened room and everything. And the little girl's very creepily... This is like the classic scene from the movie. The little girl's very creepily playing with this little marionette toy. And as Nicole Kidman gets closer to her, she sees that the hand, the little girl's hand, is really old and withered. Yeah. And she see, when she looks into the girl's face, she sees the face of like a hideous, ancient old woman. <laughs> and it's just a normal old lady under a veil. It's not. It's really, The makeup's made to make it look extra creepy. Is it? I'm not being shady. She looked awful. <laughs> uh, I mean... It's not like it was Dave be like Judy Dench in front of the word hideous when somebody is just in their eighties. All right, okay, fine. I take it back. A, be- a beautiful, eighty <laughs> years young, you know, a beautiful, well-preserved lady, but nevertheless, not a little girl. What's the matter? What have you done with my daughter? Are you mad? I am your daughter. <gasps> You're not my daughter! No! You're not my daughter! No! 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 Yeah, so she, Nicole came in and fully freaks out. She attacks her, but then... Immediately she pulls off the veil and then it's back to being the little girl's face again. The little girl yeah. is obviously hugely traumatised and it brings back all of her memories. Well, not memories. It, it brings back 
all of her fear around the last time mummy went mad mm-hmm. uh, and then she she tells the dad we still don't know exactly what happened on this time when mummy went mad but the little girl goes and tells her dad and the dad kind of confronts Nicole Kidman and says you know is it true did you did you attack her and she says yes but I don't understand why and she says she can't really remember what happened she lost control uh, and at this point Christopher Eccleston decides to leave yeah. he says he, he can't stay he's got to go back to the war and Nicole even though the war finished like four years yeah, ago the war's over Nicole Kidman doesn't understand where he's going and but he leaves he trudges off into the mist and is never seen again yeah and then there's some more ghostly happenings I forget what order they all happen in but it turns out with at a certain point there's some graves at the bottom of the garden mm. and um, Nicole Kidman asks the gardener the old man to uncover them and find out what's written on them but instead the housekeeper tells him to hide them so he hides them under a giant pile of leaves but at this po- around this point, uh, Mrs. Mills says, "Uncover the graves, Mister Tuttle." Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so he does that. And when the little kids, re- when the children realise that their dad has left, uh, the little girl decides that she's going to run away as well. Mm-hmm. So, in the middle of the night, they kind of climb out the window and run out into the gardens, and they end up at the gravestones, and they see that the gravestones have the names of the three housekeepers. Mm, yeah. And at the same time, Nicole Kidman is running around the house trying to find the source of some latest spooky banging or whatever. And she finds the missing pages from the Book of the Dead. And it, of course, contains pictures of the corpses of the housekeepers. Mm-hmm. So the housekeepers are, in fact, ghosts. Ooh. Yeah, it confirms that twist. Yes, that's one of the less surprising twists. That's one you yeah. kind of see coming. So then she runs outside. The housekeepers are kind of beckoning to the children, like, come with us, children. And then they've... They get very scared. They run away. They run back to their mum. They, they all run inside. She's Nicole Kidman shooting at them with this giant shotgun that she's got in the house for some reason. But then obviously that's not doing anything. And Mrs. Mills is like, oh, I wouldn't waste your bullets, dearie. The tuberculosis took us off years ago. So, <laughs> I Sorry, what? I didn't even you. understand that. <laughs> the tuberculosis took us away years ago. <laughs> is it working? The accent, is it working for you? It's, it's entertaining. I'll give you that. Okay, good. I'll stick with it then. Um... It's one of the few that I can make a stab at, so. <laughs> Don't come any closer! Don't move! Don't trouble yourself, man. Tuberculosis finished us off more than half a century ago. So she's trying to convince. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Mills is trying to convince Nicole Kidman that they all have to live together now and she's trying to explain what's going on but Nicole Kidman's not listening at all, she's too scared the kids run upstairs and hide but then she hears the kids scream and she runs after them and she runs into a room and she finds that the kids are in the middle of a seance and suddenly Mm. there's all these other characters sitting around a table Mm -hmm. doing a a full kind of ghostly seance essentially and then we get the real twist of the movie in which the the old lady who who we saw before, this... uh, medium kind of this spirit spiritualist she's asking the children what did your mummy do to you what did mummy do when she went mad and uh the little girl says like whispers to her that she put a pillow over their faces and then the medium says is that how she killed you and then they're like we're not dead but uh, of course they are it's Mm -hmm. the fully sixth sense does so the big twist of this movie is that our main characters have been dead the whole damn time yeah and then Nicole Kidman gets very upset. She's screaming out, we're not dead, we're not dead. She shakes the table, which is, of course is classic, classic <laughs> ghost move. She tears up pieces Rip, of paper. Yeah, rips up the, paper, yeah. Yeah. Michelle Fairley from Game of Thrones looks concerned. Mm-hmm. In her five <laughs> seconds of screen time. Uh, 
And yeah, and, th- and then we get the full reveal and it turns out that uh, this is when Nicole Kidman finally accepts that she is dead and the kids are dead. And we, we find out now that when she went mad, after her husband went off to war and disappeared and the servants abandoned them, she had a breakdown and she murdered her children by smothering them with a pillow and then she shot herself in the face. Mm-hmm. But then, in her memory, she woke up the next day and she thought a miracle had happened and that God had given her a second chance. But actually what happened, of course, is that they'd all died and then they'd come back to the house as ghosts. And then the film ends, the kids no longer have sun allergy because they've accepted the fact that they are ghosts and made peace with it. And the, the people who've moved into the house, it turns out the people who were making all the noises, removing the curtains, doing all the spooky things, were actually the humans, the living, who had moved into the house and were just yeah. redecorating, essentially. Yeah. Um, that's all they were doing. Uh, but they have, now they realise that they've bought a haunted house. They move out. So Nicole Kidman has got the house back. Somewhat of a happy ending. <laughs> and then she's kind of like, well, no one can make us leave this house. Mm-hmm. And the film kind of ends with this kind of panning out shot of the living driving away while the ghostly figures of Nicole Kidman and her children stare out the window. Mm-hmm. And the credits roll. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Good, Just a good, tight little ghost story. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, do you want to do drinking games? Sure, yeah. Go for it. Do you want to start? Okay, so first I've got is... Uh, so in, in one of the opening scenes, she explains to the house staff, like, so the children, they can't see sunlight or anything. They can't be in a room with more light than just, like, a candle. Yes. And then immediately, they go into a room that has a lot more light than just a candle. <laughs> so I've got drink whenever a scene with children in it is brighter than a lit candle. I mean, I guess, sure. <laughs> I mean, they've got to light the film. They can't have the whole film just like with a tiny pinprick of light in the middle of the room, the screen. Like, yeah, but like in this it. scene, I'm pretty sure she showed like here is a single candle. This is sure, a sure, kind sure. of darkness. Here and here are the kids in this darkness. And then straight away, it's like here they are in front of a roaring fire. We've got the lights on. Is it not just direct sunlight that they can't be in? She said light. She didn't say sunlight. Okay, sure. I don't. I'll know. give you that. Whatever. Fair enough. No, no, that's fine. So drink every time there's a. More light than you would uh, mm-hmm. normally recommend. Okay. Drink every time the film... This might be more of a second watch one. Drink every time the film drops hints about what's really going on. Yeah. If you watch it a second time and you're like, uh-huh, foreshadowing, take a shot. Take a good old drink. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's definitely some of those that you can pick up on the first time around. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But even even more so the second time around. It's all yeah. over it. Uh, drink for musical jump scares. Yes. Oh, this does have a good score. You're right. I do like the mm. score of this movie. It's very atmospheric. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, here's a good one. Drink every time Anne is a smarmy little bitch. <laughs> that little girl is... Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, they're good. I think they're as good as this movie needs them to be, the kids. Yeah. It's not quite Haley Joel Osment levels. They are bordering on annoying. I mean, what did you think of the acting in this film? We didn't really talk about it. I thought... The kids, I didn't like. Mm. But everybody else I thought was fine yeah 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 this came out when in the period when nicole kidman was like absolutely everywhere mm. like she was in yeah. like every film at this point like it was she was in moulin rouge she was in the hours she was in this she was in a, a bunch of others that were less good but like she was absolutely inescapable at this point but no, this is one of her best performances i think i think she's good at playing these kind of very brittle kind of characters yeah here's another acting one drink every time nicole kidman takes a sharp intake of breath Oh dear. She's a very bre- I like her a lot. It's a good performance, but she's she's a very breathy act- actress. There's a lot of <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, you could if you drink every time she does makes that noise, 
then you will absolutely you will not make it to the end of this film. Like <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Sharp and take a breath and like darting eyes. Like eyes going all over the place. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> kind of that. I guess that's why she's so good in horror movies. Yeah, no, she's well suited to these. Um you got any more drinking games? I've already kind of mentioned it, but drink every time the housekeepers say something mysterious. <laughs> Especially yeah, sure. Mrs. Mills. Something, Mr. Tuttle. I think I've reached the end of my tether. What about you? Oh, yes. Definitely. We'd better go and uncover the gravestones. Okay, so if that's that, uh, before we get to sequels, then, listeners, I would like to let you know that me and John are on Patreon.com. Um, if you feel like we're good at what we do, at being podcasters, then maybe you want to support us, because that's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Support your local podcast. Yes, you can go to Patreon.com slash set and you can support us for as much or as little as you like. If you do, you get a few bonus features as well, just our way of saying thank you. Mm-hmm. We do a bonus show where we review films. Currently, we're taking requests for that, because... Well, the cinemas are closed, so we don't really have an, an option. So yeah, you want to send in a request, then we'll review it for you. Mm-hmm. We're a bit behind, but we are getting through them, we promise. Yeah. Um, you also get extended versions of the main episodes. Um, you also get our exclusive Facebook group. Once a month, we also have a patron on the main show to pick a film for us and guest if they want to. They don't have to, though. Mm-hmm. And also, every patron once a month gets a 30-second advert slot on the main show. We can talk about whatever you want. Your own podcast, your own business, whatever you feel like. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, actually, just a little plug. We recently appeared on a, a podcast by one of our patrons, a deep friend of the pod, Finn Ross Russell. Uh, we, back in the days before coronavirus, we did a little crossover recording session. He, he appeared on our episode, Moonrise Kingdom, which um, you should have already heard by now. It's on the feed, if not. Uh, and we recorded an episode of his podcast, which is called Passport People, which is a great show. It's, it focuses on where people live or places that that mean something to the, the guests. The guests will come on and talk about a place that's kind of special, significant in their lives. And we talked about Leeds, which is where we live. And mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's it's now out there on on all good podcasting platforms. So check that out, uh, Passport People. Yeah. So all that's available, patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Indeed. Bonjour tout le monde, I'm Finn, and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People, in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them. What is so special about each location? What makes each place tick? Where are they headed? To join us on our round-the-world trip, talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds, search for Passport People in Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, sequel-wise, what have you got for me? Okay, mine, um, which... Well, I wanted to call mine The Other Woman, but there was already a film with that title, so I've just gone with The Other. Okay, The Other rather than Other. Yeah. Okay, sure. I mean, films could have the same titles, it happens. Yeah, okay, well, if you want to go I'm for sure it. sure it's not the first time we've pitched a sequel that actually, that actually has a title somewhere in the vaults, you know. Okay, so, it's the 80s. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman has been raising these two two children for about 60 odd years now sure <laughs> um, what a nightmare <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean I've got her I may have got this wrong uh, they're still allergic to light and she still has that superstition about locking all the doors 
Oh, okay. So even though they got over that at the end of the first film, they've gone back to it now. It, you, you know what? Maybe that, maybe that can be undone. It's not majorly important. Sure. But they're still in the same house, yeah? Yeah, yeah. She sits down with the Irish lady and has a chat. So, Mrs. Mills, I'm fucking sick of this. I don't... <laughs> I'm not really hearing Nicole Kidman's voice in that delivery there. That's, I'm fucking sick of this. She wouldn't <laughs> say fucking... Or, or, or is she like? Is that the point? Is she like really burned out after sixty? Yeah, years that's the point. She is very frustrated. Oh, okay. She's over it now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What makes you say that, madam? <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Keep it up. I've been doing this for decades, living in the dark, locking all these fucking doors. The kids are never grateful because, let's face it, they've been six and nine for about a century since I murdered them. <laughs> She's very open about the whole murder thing now. She's just like, yeah, I, I killed him. I guess. <laughs> Shit happens, you know. Whoopsie, my bad. <laughs> so what are you going to do? I'm going to stop. I need a change. The kids are dead, so how is the sun going to hurt them? They don't actually need me anymore because, well, they're dead. How could life be worse for them? I just need a change. I just need something else to think about. Something else to obsess over. At that moment, the front door slams open and standing there, it's Chris Evans in a very tight shirt. Well, hello, handsome, says Nicole. <laughs> and in that moment, she forgot that she was a ghost and immediately struts up to him to go and say hello. Uh-huh. Basically, Can he see her? Pardon? Can he see her? No. Okay, I see. As he doesn't see her, he walks forwards right through her, in fact. She closes her eyes as it happens and it takes her breath away. Mm. When she opens her eyes, she is looking directly at, at another woman. Margot Robbie was standing right behind him. She has an angry glare on her face, which happens to be looking directly at Nicole. I'm just going to use actor names, by the way. Sure, sure, sure. So they're like a young married couple who've moved into the house. Is that what we're getting at here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I would also like to stress that they are about Nicole Kidman's age, but also 2001 Nicole Kidman. Sure, that makes sense, yeah. Because she's a ghost, she doesn't age. No, that that's fine. Nicole Kidman also does not age for uh, yeah. equally... <laughs> Spooky reasons. (laughs) A moment later, Margot Robbie's face changes into a massive grin and she skips into the house, right through Nicole, which makes Nicole feel disgusting. Mm -hmm. Oh, darling, I love it. I'm so excited to move in. Your Margot Robbie impersonation needs work, but sure. (laughs) Oh, is this Margot Robbie doing a British accent, an unconvincing British accent? Yeah, sure. I'm thinking like, she she doesn't seem to have a, a fixed accent, Margot Robbie. So no, that's true. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, I've ever heard her do British though mm. yet. Oh wait, no, she did. She was in that film about Queen Elizabeth with Saoirse Ronan that I threatened to take you to see. We never saw her, and then it <laughs> didn't, didn't get. I was so it didn't get any Oscars anyway. So you dodged a bullet there. Yes. Oh, I love not watching Saoirse Ronan films. <laughs> but yes, yeah, she played Queen Elizabeth in that. So yes, yeah, she can do a, a plummy British accent. Yeah. And so, uh, Chris Evans and Margot Robbie, they move into the house, unaware of the family of ghosts and servants occupying the house currently. Okay. From that moment, Nicole Kidman literally forgets that she has children. And in that <laughs> moment, they pass on without anybody knowing or noticing. So she was the one keeping them there? Mm-hmm. Like, just with her own like guilt and obsessive motherly tendencies. So now that mm-hmm. she's got something else to obsess over, the kids are let free. Oh, wow, that's an interesting concept. I like that. Okay. Yeah, they're gone. Also a great way of getting rid of some very annoying child actors. Exactly! (laughs) (laughs) She spends every waking moment, which for her can be 24 hours a day, because she's a ghost. Sure. Obsessing over him. Where do ghosts go when they sleep? 
I don't know, so I just assume they don't. Okay. Who knows? Every now and then, she'll reach out and try and touch him, only for her hands to fall through him. Aw, this sounds really sad. One day, she puts her hand on his at the dinner table, and he flinches and moves his hand away. It's a big shock to her because she knows that for the first time he's reacting to her. Ah, so she's, they're making a connection. Mm-hmm. That night, she decides to go and try something else. While he's asleep, she goes into his room, and rather than just watching him sleep like normal, she slips her hand under the covers. Oh, Harry, are you going to make Oscar win and Nicole Kidman be a ghost who wanks people off? There are instant results. Instant results? Oh dear. <laughs> Sounds messy. <laughs> Well, one thing leads to another, and he wakes up, you know, and has to go... You usually do, don't you, in these situations? And he has to go and clean up. (laughs) Oh, God. He's a tad freaked out by... (laughs) What? uh, Nicole Kidman would not agree to this. (laughs) Um, Okay, maybe she's only shot from the neck down, then. Sure, whatever. (laughs) He's a tad freaked out by it, but there's a smile on his face about it. I mean, does he think he's just had a wet dream? Like, that hasn't happened in years. <laughs> I promise, I, I, like, I, I think so, yeah. Pissed off, like, yeah. I, I think he just doesn't really know what happened, but he liked it. Okay, he, he had, like, a sexy dream about a mysterious redhead lady. Yeah. Wanking him off. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Margot Robbie also wakes up, and she does not approve. Mm-hmm. During breakfast, Nicole Kidman, she can't keep her hands off him. Putting her arms around him, feeling all his muscles, etc. <laughs> and she can feel him enjoy it. I'm sorry, have you have you written like erotic fan fiction here? It didn't it didn't mean to turn into erotic fan fiction, but it definitely See, is. Yes, it's definitely going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it it, it definitely. Yeah. I'm sure there was like Chris Evans fan forums with not dissimilar stories on them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they keep this up for a while. Days go by. It's not it's not all sexual. Um, sometimes she'll just drape herself on him while he sits on the sofa. Margot Robbie notices that she's being neglected. Uh, She is not happy with the state of things. Also, given that she's not in constant pleasure mode, like everybody else in the house, she's noticing things about the house. Little noises here and there, doors opening every so often, you know, standard ghost stuff. What happened to the housekeeper? What, Miss Mills? Yeah. She's still about. Is she still around, like, looking at Nicole Kidman like, Oh, madam... I think she oh, probably like Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> get your hand off his member. <laughs> Is that how Irish, Irish people talk? I don't know. What, what what's the Irish word for dick? <laughs> what would you say? You know what, John? I I've never wondered, and I hopefully never will again. <laughs> He's just too busy wondering about Chris Evans and his glistening muscles and yeah, wanking him off in the night. Yeah, sure, okay. Fine. So Margot Robbie does some investigating of the house. She mm-hmm. hires a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to cast Octavia Spencer. Sure, good call, good choice. Um, who comes round and assesses the house. Octavia Spencer brings with her the history of the place and uh, tells Margot Robbie all about Nicole Kidman killing her kids and also herself in this house. <laughs> what? Sorry, that's not a funny line. I was just imagining Octavia Spencer in kind of Whoopi Goldberg in ghost mould. Mm. Like, I hope she's that kind of like very straight-talking... Yeah, you know, Margot, you in danger, girl. You know, like that. that <laughs> I want. I hope that that vibe is being, you know, delivered. <laughs> yeah, it could just uh, be Whoopi, unless you really want it to be Octavia. Could be, yeah. 
I just wanted to say you in danger, girl. I've got I'm a man of simple tastes. She's not in danger though. Let me let me just okay, get sorry. on with it. Your marriage is in danger, girl. <laughs> Uh, so they do some chanting, or whatever, to try and locate Nicole Kidman's spirit. Mm-hmm. And they are directed to the bedroom, mm-hmm. where they find Chris Evans leaning against the wall, arms behind his head. Oh, no. Need I say more? <laughs> I will not say more. <laughs> I'm beginning to understand why you took your sweet time writing this one. You're obviously having a great time. You're really enjoying yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly enough to confirm Margot Robbie's suspicions. Mm-hmm. So she goes on an all-out ghost hunt. She wants to banish Nicole Kidman from the house. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, realising she's been rumbled, starts to panic. She observes Margot Robbie as she works out how to get rid of ghosts, and so Nicole Kidman comes up with her own plan. Okay. She discusses it with Mrs. Mills. Mrs. Mills, wh- wh- what am I going to do? Why not make him yours forever? Oh, God, my, my could... accent's worse than yours. That, 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 that wandered a bit there. I don't know where that went. Yeah. Oh, I like the sound of that, she says for rubbing her thighs. <laughs> rubbing her thighs. <laughs> what is this Vic Reeves version of Nicole Kidman you dreamed up? <laughs> but what about Margot Robbie? What am I going to do with her? I'm going to abandon the accent. It's obvious. Make it look like she did it. Okay. So that night, Nicole Kidman takes a kitchen knife, puts it on Margot Robbie's bedside table, and she waits until Chris Evans gets up to go and use the ensuite bathroom. And as soon as he's gone from the room, she does everything in her ghostly power to spook Margot Robbie. Howling, banging windows, pulling away the quilt, etc. Mm-hmm. She gets Margot Robbie to the height of fear, so that when Chris Evans comes back into the dark bedroom from the bathroom, she thinks he's a ghoul, finds the knife nearby, and plunges it into his chest. Oh no. She turns on the light, sees what she has done, and screams her head off. Nicole Kidman is standing behind him with a grin on her face. Margot Robbie screams, You did this, Grace! I knew it was you! I know who you are! And Nicole Kidman somehow manages to take a form which Margot Robbie can see and hear, only for a second, before Mm. disappearing. And she simply says, Prove it, bitch. (laughs) Margot Robbie screams as the camera pulls back while we see Nicole Kidman walk out of the room, arm in arm, with Chris Evans. Oh, so Chris Evans is fully fine with being murdered. He is now a ghost, yes. And he's not mad about this in any way. He has, has no resentment towards Nicole Kidman for this. Well, Nicole Kidman didn't murder him. As far as he knows, Margot Robbie did. Sure. I mean, okay. Sure. <laughs> Seems a little suspicious, but okay. So, so, it, it, so he's it, just it, like, oh, oh, whoopsie, I'm dead, but you're hot. Well, yeah. I mean, also, I get the impression that you don't suddenly realise when you turn into a ghost that you just died. Oh, so is it like he doesn't realise he's dead? He's just forgotten everything? Yeah. I mean, Nicole Kidman never knew she was dead, did she? Oh, okay. No, okay. That's better. So maybe Nicole's like telling him that Margot Robbie left him. He thinks like she ran away in the night. And yeah. Like, I'll take care of you. Sinister smile. Credits roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. That works. Okay. Good. Okay. I like that. So that was the other woman or the other. Yeah. And Margot Robbie goes to prison or something. Or just runs out of the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goes to prison. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because like there's a dead body there. Sure. What happened to Nicole Kibben's dead body in the original, do you think? Mm. And the kids' dead bodies? They probably just were taken away and had funerals. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Hmm. It is weird, though. Yeah, it never gets mentioned. Like, how were they found if no one ever comes to the house? Don't know. Maybe they were just buried on the on the grounds. Mm. Actually, so no. the graves that the, that the gardener was hiding were the house staff, but also Nicole Kidman and the kids. 
Yeah, possibly. Actually, you know, you're right, because if people have moved into the house since, then somebody has at some point been in and found the bodies, obviously. So, yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. They've been disposed of. That makes sense. Mm. Okay, cool. Very good. Like it. You took Nicole Kidman to some places that I don't think she usually goes as an actress, but, uh, we'll, <laughs> you know, she's got an Oscar. She's stretching. She's got an Oscar John. She can do anything. Exactly. It's a, it's a new challenge for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what you got for me then? So, like yours, my sequel takes place several years after the events of the original film. So I'm thinking that after the film, you know, Nicole Kibben now knows she's a ghost, she knows the kids are dead, so they've made peace with that, but they're all, you know, they're all about keeping the house. You know, they want, no one can make them leave this house, as they say at the end of the film. So mm-hmm. by the time we pick up, uh, Nicole and the kids and the three servants, they've lived in the house now, or, you know, lived for many decades, and they scare away anyone who tries to move in, you know, just by using their ghostly ghostliness yeah Mm. so nobody stays very long people move in strange scary things happen people move out very quickly so she's managed to keep the house for them essentially for for decades until the 1970s when obviously the more she does that the more people move into the house then move out because of spooky events after a few decades the house gets a reputation as an infamous haunted house okay and so sometime in the 1970s the film is actually purchased by a wealthy investor who cashes in on its reputation and rents it out as a haunted house holiday home. Mm, It's like one of those big holiday houses people can go to for like a murder mystery weekend kind of thing. That's the vibe. Yeah. So it attracts a lot of like tourists. And as you can imagine, Grace is not best pleased by this turn of events. (laughs) So we're just going to follow three different sets of visitors to the house in three different decades. Okay. And how Grace deals with them. So Mm -hmm. first of all, we're going to go to the 80s. So at some point in the 1980s, Grace is, you know, haunting the house as she normally does, just living in peace with her kids and the housekeepers, when um, two drunken English louts turn up at the door, stagger in, stagger into the house. It is... James Corden and what's-his-face? No, no, no. It's not the lesbian vampire killers. I'm okay. a bit classier than that. It is Richard E. Grant and Paul McGann. Even uh, better. With Nail and I. Yep. So this is a, 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 the crossover between the others and Withnail and I that we were all crying out for. Uh, <laughs> yes. So Withnail and um, him, I, um, Paul McGann <laughs> and Rich D. Grants, they've gone on holiday to Jersey by mistake, of course. Mm-hmm. And they wind up in the house after getting a tip off from Uncle Monty or something. Maybe he knows the landowner or something. Maybe he knows yeah. the, the landlord or something. So he's given them a tip off about this big empty mansion that's uh, just waiting for anyone to crash into in the 80s. And they treat the property with all the respect that you would expect of them. So what I'm imagining for these sequels is that these human living people move into the house for a while, but Grace still doesn't often see them. Like she's, the kids can see them more than she can. And so she only sees little hints that there's something not right in the house. And that's how she knows that there's an intruder in the house again. Mm. So in this one, she, re- she realizes that something's wrong when she starts finding empty booze bottles all over the place. <laughs> And the sink and the toilet in the most horrendous states. Yeah. And horrendous smells emanating from the kitchen at all times. Just absolutely horrendous. So she's, so she's, she very quickly picks up that something is very, very wrong. And there are some very unwelcome visitors in this house. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, with, meanwhile, we're, we're cutting to with Nail and, and I, and they're just, you know, having complete booze soaked. Exactly the same as in, in the with Nail and I film. They're just having these, these, these ridiculous booze soaked misadventures causing all kinds of destruction and damage and, you know, bringing all kinds of shady characters back. 
And Grace is obviously very unhappy about this. And she's like, we need to get rid of these people. These people are ruining the house. They're ruining her nerves. So eventually, Mrs. Mills, the housekeeper, comes up with a solution. She goes around replacing every bottle of booze, draining it out and replacing it with tap water. (laughs) So within a matter of days, uh, Withnail and I stagger away in horror and are never heard from again. (laughs) I'm imagining Richard E. Grant taking a massive swig from one of his like wine or, or vodka bottles mm. and just like spit it out immediately like it's water like as if it's like poison to him you know like, mm-hmm. i imagine that character does not drunk tap water in many a year so yeah, just <laughs> completely yeah. and utterly immediately does that immediately flees from the house like yeah yeah so yeah they leave that's how they sort that out cut to the 1990s Okay. Uh, oh, another thing I should mention: all of these crossovers I'm doing are not only like different decades, but also they're crossovers with movies that we've done on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my concept. So obviously, 80s was when we did With Nail and I. Mm. 90s. So it's it's 1996, 1997, or something. Not that Grace knows or cares what year it is at this point. She's been dead <laughs> for that long. But um, she's sitting peacefully in the, in the drawing room, doing some embroidering, you know, enjoying the silence when her state of mind is shattered by the heavy thud of platform shoes running across wooden flooring mm-hmm. and the sound of off-key singing in distant rooms. So she's not quite sure what's going on, but uh, something is definitely amiss again. Also, worse still, Anne, her little daughter, starts banging on about girl power and making mysterious <laughs> hand gestures, which uh, Grace is pretty sure are some kind of satanic symbol. So, uh, <laughs> If you haven't uh, guessed it yet, it is uh, this is crossing over with the classic 90s movie Spice World. Mm-hmm. In Spice World, there is a brief scene when they're in a haunted house. So I thought we could uh, do a bit of that. <laughs> sure, okay. So, yeah, so once again, the girls are causing all kinds of chaos. They've, they've moved into this remote mansion in Jersey to record their second album. And uh, Grace does not appreciate their music. It's not to her taste at all, as you can imagine. She's not a big fan of the Spice Girls. So she, again, her and, the, her and the housekeepers try and do everything they can to scare the Spice Girls away. But, the, you know, they, they've got girl power on their side. They won't be so easily scared, you know. Mm-hmm. Scary Spice ain't afraid of no ghost. So. <laughs> so none of that works until eventually, once again, I think Mrs. Mills is always going to be the one who comes to the rescue. So once again, the housekeeper hits on an idea. After all of the attempts at scaring these girls, the Spice Girls actually hold a seance. Like an impromptu seance to try and communicate oh, okay, with the yeah. dead. That seems yeah. like the kind of wacky misadventure they would do, you know. Think back to the Spice World movie, all the stuff that went on. You know, when they kissed the <laughs> alien, all that stuff. So the Spice Girls are doing a full seance, you know. They're trying to do, like, they've got like the the glass, uh, the Ouija board, they've got everything. And they're really mm-hmm. trying to like communicate with the dead. Mm-hmm. And so while they're doing this, trying to communicate with the dead, and it's not working initially. The, the ghosts are just like, these idiots... The ghosts watch as they try and communicate. And then Mrs. Mills actually walks up to the ginger girl in the group and right. whispers in her ear that she'd be better off launching a solo career. <laughs> and shortly after that, the girl band breaks up acrimoniously and they f- leave the house never to return. Okay. <laughs> and finally, the last one is set in pretty much in the modern day, the modern era, 20th century, mm-hmm. 21st century, sorry. In this one, once again, you know, been a peaceful few years. Grace is happily haunting the house when suddenly tires screech on the on the stone. A big car pulls up. Four very loud women stagger out of the house, cackling and arguing <laughs> and drinking. It is Tiffany Haddish, Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett Smith, and Regina Hall. I've done the crossover between the others and Girls Trip. <laughs> that again, 
Just the crossover that we've all been hoping for. Everybody knew that was this was inevitable at some point. Yeah. The fans demanded it. So they've rocked up. To be honest, I just like the idea of like a girls' trip too. Now they're in England or you know the UK, Jersey. Yeah. Just you know, just another wacky location for this beer. Like I would just I'd I would legit watch girls' trip in a haunted house. Like that's a movie I'd watch. That sounds fun. Oh yeah, that'd totally work. Yeah. So imagine Tiffany Haddish. We know she doesn't like ghosts. She's got no time for ghosts. Just imagine Tiffany Haddish reacting to ghostly goings on. She would not take it well. No. It no. would be very entertaining. So this really is the last straw for Grace and her fragile nerves. Because these women keep getting into extremely loud arguments with each other. They keep bringing strange men back to the house from the local village. And doing unspeakable things with her fruit and veg collection. <laughs> so it's just not good at all. And Grace tries her best to scare them away, but it's not happening. She cannot intimidate them at all. And eventually, after the house is converted into a full-blown nightclub, and there's like R&B music blasting from all the speakers, and there's like all kind of drugs going around, Grace just gives up. She's like, you know what? We had a good run. And she and the kids and, and the housekeepers cross over to the other side because there's some things you just can't fight. So, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the end. That's it. <laughs> Alright, I like it. Yeah. Have you got a title for it? Uh, the Others 2 A Haunted Franchise. Oh yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah. Off the cuff, yeah, it'll do. <laughs> I need to do better with my, my titles. I keep I keep forgetting to do them. I always get caught out, out with the titles, so must work harder on bringing good titles to the game. Mm. Or maybe The Others 2 Haunted Holiday Home. Oh, that works. That's a good that's one. That's better, isn't it? Yeah. The Others 2 Haunted Holiday Home. Yeah. Yeah, that's there definitely way better. Okay. Cool. Okay, Very great. Good. So, listen, submissions. Yes, I have some this week, thank God. Great. Back on, back on yeah, track, too. baby. So, uh, first one I got um, from uh, Shija Dima, I think you think the name is. Sure. They've said, The Others Guys, <laughs> which is a sequel to The Other Guys and The Others. Do you In know this what one, The Other Guys is? In this one, Mark Wahlberg dies working a case, but he hasn't left the earthly planes yet. And with the help of Nicole Kidman's ghost, they manage to guide and help Will Ferrell into solving Mark and his last case. So that's a good one for anybody who has seen the other guys. I have not, and by the look on John's face, I don't think you have either. Nope, no recognition there, but now that I know it's Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, it makes sense that I've not seen it. Yeah, same. (laughs) Sam Minnick has said, Ghosts from the Other Mother. Ghosts from the other mother. Yeah. What does that mean? So I guess instead of others, it would be the other mothers. Ghosts from the others' mothers. Something like that. I don't get it. Um, Other mothers. As in, like, you know, the the phrase, like, a brother from another mother? Oh, okay. Bit of a long walk, but sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, And finally, Alex Funder has said, uh, was Beetlejuice not the prequel? I did think when you were doing your sequel with, with uh, Margot Robbie and Chris Evans turning up, I was like, oh, this is starting to sound a bit like Beetlejuice. So You know, I've not seen Beetlejuice, so uh, great. We should rectify that at some point, definitely. Yeah. Cool, that's all I've got. What have you got? Okay, I have some as well. Paul Hawkins from Blokebusters, at Blokebusters, said, Tovers, the same film, but everyone has a thick Yorkshire accent. Love it. Yeah. Drew Mancini, this is an intriguing one, actually, I like this, from Drew Mancini. Us takes place in the same universe, right? Is that a spin-off? Remember us? Sure, uh, yeah, yeah, us, yeah. That kind of works because they were living in like an underside kind of, you know, mirror society. I think you could probably pick up on that a little bit. Yeah. I, wanna, I really want to rewatch us actually. 
Yeah, I me too. Yeah. Mm. Um, Mike Carey, another good one, said the otters retells the whole story using animated otters. So ghost <laughs> otters. That's cute. I like that. Very good, yeah. No one can make us leave this dam. <laughs> uh, Scott Hillman said, Grace, realising she is dead, tries to get her children into heaven. Or hell. Just anywhere. Anywhere but this house. <laughs> so it's all about her trying to figure out a way to, yeah, get her children onto the next plane in some way, which she can't figure out how to do it. Uh, and she starts to believe that maybe she's already in hell, and that's what this existence is. Oh, right. Uh, as yeah. time goes on, a land developer buys the property, wanting to tear down the house and build a theme park on its grounds, like an old towers kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she wonders if the house is gone, will that mean she's gone, or is she going to become the queen of a haunted house? Like a proper, like, you know, ghost train mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, interesting. Yeah, I like, like it. That. Uh, Travis Owen said, the others the others and finally jeremy Kloss said the others too this time the people living in the house and the ghost hunters trying to contact them are both ghosts too Ooh, <laughs> so i think that means literally every character in this film was a ghost it's just like <laughs> constantly spinning yeah yeah that that works yeah does it really though maybe it could work certainly something it's something yeah so thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you like. It really helps us to reach new listeners. We're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would raise us five stars or more if they could. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, Harry, are we back to a you choice? Mm-hmm. What I've got a good one for you this week, John. Is it super depressing? Uh... Oh, God. No, it's not. Oh, thank God. Okay. It is one that you, you do need to watch carefully because okay. there's, there's a lot to pick up on a second watch. Okay, interesting. It is from a director that we have done a lot of films. Oh, have you got... Are you giving me another... Uh, what's his face? Inception guy. Mike Yes, I am. Christopher Nolan. Which Christopher Nolan classic are we doing now? We are going to do The Prestige. Okay. You know what? I have not seen it. Oh, yeah? No. Does it I fit with our trapped it. theme, or is it just a general pick? No, general pick. We're done with the trap thing. We're done, done with tra- We're done with traps now. Okay, good. We're, yeah. we're, we've got, we're open again. We're okay, free. The press- we're free. Excellent. Okay. If only that were true in the real world. But uh, <laughs> no, okay, that's good. I've actually genuinely never seen this film. So uh, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I think you'll have a good time. Don't look into it if, 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 if you can get away with it. Okay. Avoid spoilers. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I wouldn't anyway with it. With Christopher Nolan, you know, I'd expect some kind of twist. So, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, enjoy that. Will do. Cool. Yeah. Okay, great. And well, uh, yeah, listeners, join us next week for The Prestige. Looking forward to it, okay? Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye. We'd better go and uncover the gravestones.